What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Steel Summit Podcast. I'm here every week talking to people doing big things in the world of indoor climbing. Today's guest is Boone Speed of Grasshopper Climbing. Grasshopper has developed a patented, freestanding, adjustable training board with a couple of hold sets to go along with it. They are the official training board of USA Climbing, have put a ton of work and innovation into bringing gyms and homeowners alike quality training board. They just recently officially announced their 12x12 hold set expansion, and Boone and I go into some more detail about the future of even more holds for the board. I had something come up on my end, forced me to cut the episode a little bit short, but hopefully we can get back together for a second round to get in some more detail about everything they've got going on over at Grasshopper. So without further delay, here's Boone Speed, Grasshopper Climbing. Yeah, so can you expand a little bit on why the Grasshopper hold set came about? I know it's kind of the, from what I can tell, uh, you saw the need for adjustability, LED, kind of different sized holds, and a symmetric layout all come together. Because I've, I've all those aspects exist in different boards, but I think you're the first one to kind of bring all of that into the same place. Yeah, so so you're you're totally right. Um, we actually didn't invent really anything, although we do have a patent on the. We just got issued a patent on the on like the freestanding frame, correct? We actually have a patent on a freestanding frame. Anything with the freestanding, anything with a hinge that is adjustable, we have the patent on that as a freestanding. If it has got a hinge or a kickboard. So the hinge creates adjustability. We have the patent on the freestanding version of that. So there's other there's other companies that have uh, we filed we filed that patent in 2018, and we spent um, the it's kind of a long story, but but uh, it was uh, a year that we had the provisional. We filed it in the EU and in the US. And then we got issued after a year that it took a few months to get us to get issued a or to get assigned a patent examiner. And when we got assigned this patent examiner, um, the bad news is, is that she is so strict that she only um, she issues less than 30 percent of the patents that she examines. And it was a very rigorous process of like defending our idea. And it all comes down to keeping the landing zone open like that is that is really the the secret formula like the tread wall is technically freestanding and adjustable but it doesn't have an open landing zone so it's like you know you don't want to you don't want to swing around and fall off of the tread wall um you'll you'll hurt yourself you know on, on in the landing zone so that's kind of the the formula that we came up with and yeah we got a utility patent issued on that finally that is defensible um in the US and also EU. And that that is relatively new information. Like that's just a few weeks old. That's huge. It's huge. I mean, yeah, to have that and going into the future of all of this, I mean, that's going to be massive for what's to come. Because I mean, there's, I think one of my main interests in the whole adjustable climbing world at the moment is there's a lot of gyms out there that this is all so new that they're trying to figure out how to, take out stuff to put in adjustable climbing walls because they're they don't have any in their gym whatsoever and they may have built it five years ago and half of this stuff didn't exist they built it two years ago if if anything that was anything that was in design um probably probably adjustability 
wasn't really a major part of, of climbing gym design probably until 2021. So, so we, you know, like it is, it is a complete game changer when you start to think about the ramifications of the, the macro adjust and even the micro adjust adjustments. Um, uh, the French team now in their, in their training center has three big adjustable walls that they're, that they're using. And that is considered a game changer. Um, we are getting into, we are getting into the Japanese market um, through the same distributor over there that, that has been distributing moon, the moon board over there. And they, they haven't sold like a, a moon board kit, but they're, they're already going to sell the adjustable, like our adjustable walls, because, um, regardless of what holds people put on them, even spray holds, uh, the adjustable walls are, are now sort of being considered a game changer in the around the world and the the tc we're putting on um, a 12 by 12 adjustable wall in the training center in salt lake like within a couple of weeks it will be our it will be our first like showcase wall so and you think that's the adjustability is really what what the difference in training ability and stuff i, I saw an interview with josh or a, a question he had answered where he said that they had a hard time finding ways to train in commercial gyms because there's not like for training for competition and for higher level climbing, you kind of need that different whole facility to get that done as like opposed to a normal commercial gym these days, because they're trying to serve too many people at once, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and in a way, adjustability allows you to serve everybody. It was, it's what's really interesting is that last Friday I had a session at my, on the, so we're building out our wall to be 12, 12 feet wide, and we've added uh, big feature holds to the outside of the of our wall. And everything is still symmetrical. And all these holds, they're optimized to be usable, like really optimized to be used between, say, 20 and 50 degrees. And at 20 degrees, anyone can climb on these on the holds. And they're pretty big and flat. Um, and then at 50 degrees, the, you know, we had not Col Nate Coleman and, um, Sean Faulkner and Ross Fulkerson in on Friday night and a bunch of, a bunch of other guys. And they were just like doing like, you know, like V13, V14 boulders, uh, just, you know, like these really physical moves on between these holds. And then the next day, like yesterday or no Sunday, we had um, some friends come in and, you know, they're like V3 climbers and on the same exact wall. And Scott's uh, girlfriend, Alex, you know, she, she wants to climb V5, V6, but, you know, she's really adept at climbing like V3, V4, V2 and moving into the harder, moving into climbs that are harder for her. And she's like, this is the only wall that I can even climb on. And so what, what's interesting, I think the genius of the system is that everything has been holistically designed, as you kind of alluded to in the very beginning. We were the first company to take the idea of adjustability, um, assign lights in, in the right spot. I think in the middle of the hold is the best place to have a light. And because we can, it's scalable, like we can do any shape and size of a hold with one light. 
and we, you know, we can do anything we want with, we can assign light to any hold, any type of hold, any size, any shape, any silhouette. And then we, we took a lot of care to shape the holds intentionally to work for everybody and do, do their thing between like 20 and 50 degrees. And that's, that's easier said than done. Yeah, I'm sure it's insane. I know the uh, app itself, the technology there has got to be. I know Aurora does that for everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's got to be something crazy to design. So are you guys, uh, the 8x12, that's the hold set, correct? And mm -hmm. if uh, you're still leaving, I heard, I was I listened to your interview on the uh, Nugget Climbing Podcast. Oh, okay. And um, I know you had said you're leaving some room for expanding upon the current hold set so as of now it's just the 8x12 and then you've got the room on the sides to kind of add on to it yeah so exactly so yeah you're you're tracking so so basically we designed the 8x12 that was kind of the standard size that seemed that seemed like well space more than more than cost space space and infrastructure is the trickiest problem to solve right now for basically for everybody um and even the old gyms, like you're saying, they almost have to tear something out to fit something like one of these walls in. So um, we started with the 8x12. Um, and then we expanded. Now we expanded three rows out on each side. And then there's room in the middle of the, of the current set. So even the 8x12, we are doing another set of holds. We are working on them as we speak that we were basically calling the tweeners. They're going in between the, the current hold set and they will be exactly the opposite of features. They're actually like little um, code name. Like if you've been to Waco, like code name, better eat your Wheaties or Esperanza. Like they're like little tiny, like, like really great holds for um, making, making V8, V9, V10, V11 very accessible. Our board, our board as it is, 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 it's easy to make easy boulder problems and it's easy to make extremely hard boulder problems. The trick is it's a little bit harder to find, to find V8 through V11. And so these small holds that are little biter, like little positive edges, um, are really a great addition. And when you take the, you know, if you, if you think about what we expanded on the sides is like font and what we put in the middle is like Waco and it, everything is super complimentary to the, to the original setup, which is extremely well thought out for like learning movement and mastery of movement and technique. The board is just, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's comprehensive. If you had one, if you could only have one board, I mean, that's the board, I think the amount of climbing you could do at that point before you run out of routes is seemingly endless. I mean, that's why we put one in in the first place because we were pretty restricted on space. Uh, so that adds a lot to uh, what well, kind of complements the fact that there's not a lot of quality route setting out there right now in areas where there isn't a lot of outdoor climbing. We have some outdoor climbing around here. You have to go a couple hours away to get some quality stuff. So getting people to do that is a lot more difficult when it's not as mainstream out here. 
Uh, we have some good. There's uh, Sport Rock up north. I don't know. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Oh, them. I know. Uh, I know Sport Rock. I, Dan yeah. Hag is Dan Hag, the guy that started that, is an old friend of mine. Okay, yeah, we. Uh, that's one of the gyms that's an hour away from me that I go to quite often. Uh, so they definitely have some quality routes sitting up there, uh, and they definitely put some good money into their holds, make sure they have all of that. But one thing that's interesting to me, especially talking to somebody like you, who's been in this industry for as long as anyone can remember, and you've done a whole lot of big outdoor climbs, a lot of things like that. It's like these adjustable boards to me bring a level of interest to people. I think like, I guess a different level of interest than just the standard commercial gym for people that don't have that outdoor experience or don't have that kind of look on climbing because they don't really understand how to look at a wall and relate that to an outdoor experience. And it's definitely a lot different outdoors. You don't have the nice colorful routes telling you where to go. So uh, I think that kind of just, it's almost good where you designed it for training and for the U S facility and all that stuff. But I also think there's a big aspect for reaching people that don't have that look on it as well. Yeah. So we've, we've put walls or, and we're in, communication with putting walls in a lot of places that are not gyms per se. They're, you know, corporate campuses. Um, obviously the university market is a bit of a hybrid where you've got a climber or two on staff, but it's still like not a climbing gym, right? So you've got a rec center that's got a wall and they don't know what to do with it. They can't really man it um, unless they've got some students there. And, and most universities now have students that where there's um there's a climber or two in the, in the group, but like, um, the university gyms are perfect examples of like where you don't really have, you know, like there's not a lot of people that are climbing, you know, harder than, you know, V5, V6 in there. And, and so you, so these gyms have to sort of cater to the climbers that are learning. Right. And then how, what do the, what did the good climbers do? But with one of these walls, you, you've taken it, you've taken what you can do in a 60,000 square foot facility and actually just created a, like a black hole, you know, that of that entire facility that like, that fits into a 300 square foot space. And I think, I think what you're talking about with having like essentially a boardroom, um, is, you know, like these are conversations that are being had all over the world right now, you know, like, well, why don't we just open up a, a boardroom, you know, like that's really what people want. I mean, I go, I just climb on boards and I climb outside and I, I, you know, unless I'm socializing in a gym, I, you know, and just going and hanging out with my friends, I, I don't care about climbing on problems that are going to change every nine weeks. Yeah. So that's, that is definitely one interesting thing to me is trying to find that balance between the routes always changing and people that want a project. And I mean, I'm about to open a gym myself, so we're kind of fighting that balance at the moment, but, uh. I think a lot of that changes with your clientele and what they want mm-hmm. and what they respond to. But I mean that there is something to say for having like routes that stay in place and that are legendary and don't change. And I think that's, you can't really do that inside unless you have all the money in the world to blow on a gym. But now that's, I that's your, your, that is the number one thing that's the most important to me is that the routes don't change. I've never been stronger than climbing on woodies, like historically, you know, and we would name all the holds and then we would have a list, you know, people would build boulders and like write it on a piece of paper. And those woodies would be, those woodies would, were the only constant that we had indoors. 
You know, the only standardized training tool that climbers have had historically have been like the campus board, you know, and now we have like the database that we're going to have and the scalability of this idea, because the, there's thousands of routes on the grasshopper board. They're all mirrored and they're all different grades at different angles. And there's like infinite possibilities. And we haven't even talked about the route feature, which, you know, takes you on a string of holds that essentially becomes like the way the, for me, it's the best way to train power endurance and endurance in general. So <clears throat> one other thing you, uh, you had mentioned that you don't see uh, any of these boards getting bigger than a 12 by 12. Uh, I mean, do you kind of see there's a future for anything like a bigger vision of this? Where, did I, I, mean, did like I say top, that? Top rope size? Well, yeah, you uh, at least for the adjustable training boards themselves. Uh, well, we've these, already uh, I, built a 16-foot wide wall that's in Brooklyn Boulders, which okay. is now the bouldering project in Guanas. Yeah, that was an interesting acquisition because they, uh, they bought the they just built the gym in dc and then at the moments after they opened it all got switched around now they changed everything yeah. up uh, but yeah i think uh I, I definitely see like a top rope application to this as well uh, i don't know how that works with adjustability but um i mean at least some sort of bigger version of this where you can expand upon it and I don't know I think it would be interesting to be able to control it yourself as well I know you can do that on the app some but if you've got the lights now that go in the holds and you said you can kind of use it for any kind of hold so definitely maybe even having personal walls built at your gym with a custom set done and you don't have to have route setters coming in all the time yeah so these are these are big ideas that are that are you know also percolating out there um, you know, like Waltopia for years has had their harmony system. So that was when lights were first assigned to holds. Um, you know, Waltopia did that many, many years ago. And that, th that's what the, you know, their, their first holds are what were, were made like the kilter holds, which, you know, they had the, 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 the glowing halo in the, in back. Um, yeah. Yeah, I actually talked to Adam Caberna about oh, that yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I did one of these with him as well. Oh, that's uh, right. So, yeah. yeah, he's a cool guy. I love Adam. He's they're, like they're doing some crazy stuff yeah. over there. All the AI technology and everything they're working on, it's it's wild. Yeah. But yeah, do you see any uh word? I mean, I know you guys have done a lot of home applications, and I heard you uh, talking about you went to an apartment complex and some other stuff. Where do you see the future for Grasshopper going? Are you guys just gonna keep? rolling the way you're going? Do you have anything bigger that you're working on? Well, you mean bigger in terms of like scale or like, like opening up new markets? Uh, I guess you, uh, I, I guess are you kind of taking what you have and trying to get it to more people or are you kind of still working on what you guys offer or both? A little bit of both, man. I mean, honestly, like we're, in, we're constantly innovating right now. You know, right now we're, we're busy getting the 12 by 12 wall. D we're delivering it. Um, we're, we're setting up production and it will start delivering in like May, early June. You'll be able to get our 12 by 12s. And there's, we've got a bunch of people on the list already that have our, you know, eight by 12 on a 12 by 12 wall that are just waiting for the 12 by 12 setup. Um, and then the, the little Waco edges, which like, again, like going back to our original philosophy, the, the, you know, I'm going to use the term biters because that's what they are, but I don't want to scare people 
Um, you know, they're, they're not, I mean, they're biters. <laughs> they're, they are modeled off of like little tiny Waco flakes. Um, and they are harder to use, just objectively harder to use. You know, you, they take more, more power. They are like little biters, but they are an elective set. You do not have to have them. And they're really, you know, geared toward probably V6 to V11, V12. And we are finalizing that set of holds right now. And it will be put in production in the summer and delivered in like probably quarter three, probably September, October, um, get people psyched um, to fill in the, the, the grasshopper setup for the winter. Awesome. Hopefully somebody puts one in around here. Some, we're going to be the first kilter board that's fully adjustable in the area. Somebody's got a setup, but it doesn't go up past a certain degree because right. there's something blocking it behind. But uh, yeah, I think there's a huge missing market right now for getting adjustable boards in just about everywhere. And there's a lot of training in areas that don't have outdoor climbing that I think could produce some pretty quality climbers if they had things like that, where they have other options than just going to a commercial gym and climbing on whatever grade they can climb on. Adjustable boards are going to start producing a lot more because most of the climbers you see in the competitions and everything, they're all from all of the areas that have heavy outdoor climbing. So hopefully this will start producing or at least opening up the ability for some of these people that don't have access to that to get that skill. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're touching on something that's really important. I mean, the, you know, back in the nineties, Chris Sharma came out of Santa Cruz and there was no real, there's not really great access to, to rock climbing in Santa Cruz, California. I mean, probably like Richmond, there's, there's crags around, but it's not like a destination as a climber, but just learning how to climb indoors. And I think those climbers, I think, you know, they obviously they're coming out of Dallas, they're coming out of Atlanta, they're coming out of Minneapolis, they're coming out of Philly. Like these climbers are are strong and then they end up like moving out west to Boulder, or to Salt Lake City or whatever. But I mean, I think it is opening up like you're saying. I mean, there's no reason why the strongest climber in the world can't come out of can't come out of like Richmond, Virginia at this point. Yes, sir. All right. Well, guys, wish you all the best at Grasshopper. Hopefully we can talk again soon. Uh, if you guys have that new hold set coming out and I can get my hands on it, I want to uh, get climbing on your board some. Good. And uh, appreciate the knowledge, appreciate the time, sir. So thank you. It's good talking to you. Sounds good. All right. See you, Adam. Have a good one.